every team has their own wrestler. But this is for wrestlers everywhere. Wrestle hard. Okay, so we got Robbie Lawler here, one of the best welterweights in the world and a legend of the sport for many reasons. Um, you know, people want to see action in a fight. You've never failed to deliver. You're one of the most exciting fighters. I think anybody uh, would agree has stepped into the octagon. There's a reason that you've got three fights of the years. Uh, it's because when you go out there, you leave it out there. Um, so really thankful for the opportunity to talk with you today. You know, before we get into fighting, Let's talk a little bit about you. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, you're a San Diego native. Uh, native. And you, know, you wrestled some in high school, and then you ended up at the Hawkeye Wrestling Club in Iowa. Uh, you know, Greg, Greg was talking about that and was laughing. Tell me how that, how that came about. Tell me how, what, what was wrestling to you in your life, and how you end up at the Hawkeye Wrestling Club? Yeah, well, I started wrestling uh, when I was in seventh grade, just looked at looked like a fight to me it looked like uh one-on-one -on -one competition and that's right up my alley i already competed uh fighting wise did martial arts and just kind of wanted to continue to do that and i just worked hard and uh just tried to learn as much as possible and uh started wrestling and once i graduated from high school i didn't stop wrestling obviously i went straight into fighting but a big part of that is wrestling so i'd wrestle at practices at like a Division three school at Augustana. Uh, Jurgens was the coach there. Just went to their practices to get work in. Coach had a couple high schools, so I could at least drill my stuff and uh, continue to work on that skill, which is wrestling. If you can't wrestle, I don't think you can uh, fight very well. So then uh, moved to St. Louis, wrestled at Lincoln Junior College. Went up there for like two years and just kept wrestling because obviously technique's huge, but like getting your body in shape to wrestle is, is something that, that you need in fighting because you can know all the technique in the world, but if you're not in shape to wrestle, you're not going to be able to implement it. So I always kept that. And then uh, I was coaching at, with my buddy Ben Euchre at a high school, and uh, we took the team up to watch the Hawkeyes practice. And uh, I'm watching the practice, and I'm like, hold on a second, that guy right there is obviously he doesn't wrestle with the team and I went over I'm like hey what are you doing here he's like oh I just came here and uh I'm wrestling with the Hawkeye club I'm like what anybody can just come in here and I was like yeah so then I next day I called Terry actually the next week I called Terry and uh asked him if I could come in and wrestle he was like kind of wasn't too into it I basically told him I was going in there to wrestle and uh, I know how to wrestle I know how to fight but I know how to separate the two and he let me in come in there and it was a terrible practice I wanted to I called him on Monday and I was thinking I'll use this whole week to freaking push my my body to at least be somewhat in shape to to wrestle and he's like all right wrestling starts tomorrow I'm like okay I'm like oh, shit I'm not in shape went in there wrestled with uh, Luke Lofthouse it was terrible but I just kept getting up kept working and kept building from there and he basically told me anytime you want to come back and come back and I just kept coming back and uh, it was wrestling practice for the club was uh, Tuesdays and Fridays which was perfect kind of started getting me into shape and then after the season I could wrestle with yep 
I could wrestle with the whole team, which is awesome. More guys to wrestle, and I could wrestle every day. So uh, just kind of picked up from there and just kept my mouth shut and just worked hard. And I mean, they appreciated that, and I appreciated the work. So you said, and this is something I didn't know, you were into martial arts and fighting in one way or another prior to your wrestling career. So tell me about that. Tell me what was your start in combat sports. Um, I started uh, doing Taekwondo. I wanted to box, but my dad wouldn't let me box. So I always watched martial arts, and uh, it's one of those things where I had a heavy bag, did martial arts, watched boxing, and I'd always had a mind for it. So I'd go hit the bag, work on my skills, and then I, I uh, competed at a pretty high level in San Diego. Uh, martial arts are really good in California. Then when I moved to Iowa, obviously Taekwondo wasn't big there, and uh, wrestling was. And I was like, all right, I want to do this. I'll just keep doing my own stuff at home, hitting the bag, lifting weights, and working on my kicks, and just kind of stuck with it. So back to Iowa, you know, that's a program known for being mentally tough you know I was talking to Logan Storley earlier the generation that he was at in Minnesota you know one of the, the perennial decades of, of their programs known for toughness and just a, a coaching and a, and a culture built that, that builds toughness what do you feel like you took mindset wise away from training in the Hawkeye wrestling room being in that culture what of that culture impacted you now as a fighter um, I kind of already had a lot of the aspects because obviously I was a big fan of Tom and Terry uh, growing up just because of their style, kind of relentless in your face. So it was really what was awesome for me at that point in time. I was right around 30 and I was like, if I'm going to be good at fighting and, and do what I'm capable of, I need to go in there and act like I'm the young kid again. So I went in there and just work like I was a young kid and, and just uh, grinded it out, didn't whine, just uh, kept getting better and that's really what it was, hanging out with those hungry kids who are uh, looking to be the best in the world. Or, uh, it's contagious. Yeah, it is. It's, it's contagious. Not that you didn't have it, uh, it's something that when you surround yourself with that, it, it only enhances what you already have. Yes. I feel like that's something you guys have here at Hard Knocks. This isn't like the Yankees that recruited a whole bunch of good fighters. Mm -hmm. These are hungry guys that care about each other, that are grinding for the same purpose. They all We all have individual goals, but obviously lots of team goals, which is yep. something that I'm excited to talk to you uh, later on uh, today about. So what would you say wrestling particularly taught you mindset-wise that you've taken a, into your fighting career? I think it's just being willing to work when you're tired. Like, it's everyone has great technique at a certain point, but when push comes to shove, can you continue to push when you're not feeling your greatest, when you're an hour and a half into practice? Can you stay sharp and focus on your technique and do the right thing still? That's I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've taken from martial arts and wrestling in, in general. You I mean. know, your teammate Logan Storley said the exact same thing. <laughs> that was the, literally verbatim was what he said. What did you take from wrestling uh, mindset-wise and I'll apply to fighting? He's like, not caring how I feel, how bad I feel, knowing that I have to compete when I'm tired yeah. and being comfortable in that uncomfortability. And nobody cares. There's no excuses. Nobody cares. <laughs> 
You know, it's funny, I, I, I coach wrestling now to high school guys and to pro fighters back in Houston, and when I see guys tired or complaining about the weight cut, I was like, besides the fact that none of us care, your opponent certainly doesn't yeah. care. So you can either get through it and learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. or you can sit there complaining and get worse. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's funny to hear that. I mean, obviously all of us wrestlers understand, understand that probably more than any other sport, but to hear it even just on the team within an hour of each other for yeah. you two guys to say the same thing was great. Um, so you were in the UFC, left, then came back. How did you grow as a fighter and as a man during that time period? Uh, it was a huge thing. Uh, I mean, obviously the UFC was looking to promote and, and uh, get you out there. I wasn't fighting. I was funny fighting because I loved it and to make money, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to be a star. I just mm -hmm. wanted to have fun, compete, and mm -hmm. go home, kind of like mm -hmm. what the wrestlers get to do, which mm -hmm. is, is nice. So uh, as soon as uh, I was out of the UFC, lost a few fights, I was like, I'm going up to 185, I'm going to eat, <laughs> and I'm just going to have fun. So that's what I did, and I went on a nice little run and, and enjoyed myself, still continue to work on my skills and get better, And but I was just enjoying myself a little bit more. It was less rigorous as far as uh, PR went and uh, I could just be me more, eat food and every time I went on, went to a fight, it was like, all right, I'm gonna work out for 30 minutes because my weight's already good. Just make sure everything's sharp and we're gonna see the world. We're gonna go to a baseball game. We're gonna go to the beach. We're gonna do stuff. So I enjoyed myself and make continue to push myself and uh, I think enjoying myself and having fun that's why I'm still fighting now I think you know I, I see you smiling it's genuine um, and I think a lot of that has to do with when you do things that you love and you do things for the right reasons and you know we'll, we'll talk about gratitude later but you can tell that even as long as you've been in the game you're still thankful and enjoying the process you know versus chasing checks and chasing outcomes everybody wants to win everybody wants to make money yep um, but you know you can tell that you still enjoy it even you know being injured which we'll talk about too you know even coming off of a surgery there's nothing changes for you you know it's just part of the process so um your coaches and your teammates would say that you're a quiet guy off the mat how do you flip the switch and become that relentless competitor in the cage that's won three fights of the year you know how is the the you know the the common collected guy who I've watched the last two days at practice. How do you turn into ruthless Robbie Lawler? What 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 do you do to flip that switch when you walk in the cage? Um, that's just that's just how I compete. It's it's uh, obviously you train hard, but like the way I like to fight, I like to finish fights and I like to attack and and look to finish and knock people out and be relentless and. Uh, my style is more of a stand-up. I can wrestle a little bit, defend takedowns, and I just try to keep it on my feet and keep it in the guy's face and, and look to finish. And I think fans can really appreciate that, and uh, that's just who I am. I, it's in my blood, I guess. The, the second principle of any of our mindset training programs is to be aggressive and relentless. Number one, being thankful for the opportunity to wrestle or thankful for the opportunity to fight. Number two, aggressive and relentless. You've said the words aggressive a number of times, you said relentless. What does aggressive and relentless mean to you in the cage? It's just What like, does that look like? Basically in his face with mental pressure and physical pressure. So, and with technique, I'm, I'm attacking, I'm worried, I'm 
worried more at like what I'm gonna do, how I'm gonna get to him more or less than what he's, he's gonna, gonna do, do to me. me. So, which is great. You know, we talked about the predator mindset previously. We were looking at the picture of Michael Phelps when he was in the Olympics, where he's laser focused on the other side of the pool. The other guys weren't about him. And my understanding of after being here at Hard Knocks for the last couple of days is you guys are pressure fighters, not with the intention. Uh, you know, people might call you counterfighters, but not counter waiting for somebody else to do something. You're putting pressure on them to force them to do yes. something, and you counter that. So tell me what that looks like, uh, what that means mindset-wise. How does, how, does how does somebody apply that aggressive and relentless pressure? What's the value of that, and why should more fighters do it? Um, when you apply pressure, you're making people uncomfortable. And, and when you make somebody uncomfortable, it's taxing on the body and it's taxing on the mind. So you're putting that pressure on them. You're breaking them down with your technique, but you're breaking them down physically and mentally by just making them uncomfortable. Absolutely. So <clears throat> the picture of you screaming with your lips split in half and that, that was the Rory McDonald fight, yep. right? I think... It's one of the most, I won't say epic moments, but it captured an epic moment of what it means to, you know, be an MMA fighter in that cage. It's, there's so much emotion in that picture. Um, tell me, you know, what was your mindset in that fight that allowed you to push through the pain, the intensity, the toughness, everything during that entire fight? That was a, that was a brawl. That yep. was, I mean, you guys beat the living daylights out of each other. How, What's your mindset during that whole process, and how do you stay focused, calm, and even technical? Yeah, um, obviously great coaching and, and being in shape, and um, but in that moment, I'm just keeping score. I'm like, man, I'm I'm beating them up. They had him winning the fight, which is weird to me because, like, at the end of the fight. I hit him with like two punches and he went down, but yet he was the one winning the fight. So obviously I was doing more damage and doing bigger things than the judges were giving me credit for. But uh, I've been fighting so long, it's when you're in the thick of things and you get hit and you get rocked, there's a couple things you can do. And one of them is let that guy take over. And But me, I'm like, if I'm hurt, he thinks he's gonna come in I'm going down swinging so right away I'm like looking to swing and, and covering up and, and just doing the right fundamental things like attacking at the right time covering up at the right time and I mean I've been doing this for so long you just continue to stick to the basics and you don't try to do more than you're capable of right so I wrote an article well I write an article every Monday for flow combat uh, a mindset Monday and one of the things I talked about was you know how to stay relaxed in the cage how to stay relaxed under that pressure and pretty much everybody's got a plan that they get punched in the face yep so when you do like you said when you get rocked you can let somebody take over or stay focused yep. and remain technical remain smart how do you is there something that you tell yourself do you have a reset button of sorts where something goes wrong and you're able to essentially matrix style stop motion stop emotions and positively move forward instead of you notice a lot of people get rocked and that's it yes. they, they can they, they can't come back but then you see guys like you know dc get launched airborne by rumble yep. come back and end up winning that fight so what do you do to 
control yourself and your emotions in the midst of those situations? Yeah, because a lot of times when I was younger, uh, I would get more ferocious, like, ah, oh, I'm hurt or something, I'm just going to attack and, like, go for broke. So it's just repetition of being in the cage, but also in the in the practice room, you have to work on those things, so that's all you know. All you know is good stuff, and then you just have to have the mindset that you've done it so many times, you have to believe in what you've been doing. That's what it comes down to. Believe in what got you there and believe in all the stuff you've done for the all the years you've been training. How do you how does one believe in what in all the years they've been training? What it, what is it what is it about outside of the hours in the gym? What is required for people to have that sort of confidence in themselves? That is that is a a tough question because not everyone has it. I it's just a mindset where like for me, I'm just like, I've done this, I know it works. So what else, What other choice do you have? Right. What other choice do you have other than to stick with what you've been doing? Exactly. So you say, uh, I'm gonna lead into something I was gonna say later. So you say, you know, you've been in that situation so many times. You know, there's also a lot of guys that necessarily haven't. Mm -hmm. So do you wait for life to teach you? You learn the hard way, you get knocked out a couple times because you didn't handle yourself in that situation. You go look at film, come back, or, you know, through mindset training, what we're able to do is systematically teach you how to build that confidence, how to relax under pressure, not by words, yep. by just talking about it, because if you talk about doing sprints, you don't get any faster. Yes. But by being able to, you know, what we'll do here at Hard Knocks is being able to bring the fighters and the team together and teach guys how to do that, a pen to paper approach. Yep. So what do you think the value at the highest level of fighting, at the highest level of any sport, to systematically training the mind the way that you would your technique and your physical skills? I think it would be huge because um, for some reason I already have it. I don't know why. It, it's just like something, some guys are born with that. I have, yes. I'm like, man, but it'd be, and it's hard for me even to say, hey, this is how you do it because it's just something. In you. I, yeah, it's in me. So it'd be huge for fighters who are coming up to go step by step. Here's how you do it. Mentally prepare, not just physically and, and make sure you're, uh, dotting those I's and cross those T's in every aspect. Exactly. You know, you talk about an experienced fighter like yourself. So I was just talking with Yanni Dakamahalas the other day. I don't know if you saw the story about him. Yeah, torn, torn ACL. ACL yep. Torn ACL beats two-time defending national champion yep. and then wins the NCAA tournament. Um, and I was asking him, you know, like, what's his mental edge? And he's just like, you just got to have it. Yes, I said, you know, young. he's just like, he's, he's he young. He doesn't, know. He doesn't he know, know yet. He just like, he's he's just always believed. It. Yes. And there was no other thing other than believing. Yeah. Why would you do anything other than exactly. believe? Exactly. So when, you, when you've when you competed at the world level, when you've been surrounded by the best coaches and the best training mm -hmm. partners and all this sort of stuff, you know, to you, you, oh, you just got to have it. Well, believe. to the other 98% of the world, yep. we have to be able to teach that or yep. they wait until hopefully one day life teaches them. So yep. that's been the reason why, you know, the mindset training like programs that. have that's been funny. so successful. That's kind of how I am. I'm yeah. Like, yeah you, just, you just you got just it. Do. Yeah. And unfortunately, most people, most athletes aren't like that. Now, even at the highest level, you know, if you watch Greg's video, Greg Jones's video that he put out the other day, that high, people expect high level athletes not to feel nervous. Yeah. But the hero and the coward feel the same thing. 
every time before you walk into the cage, you feel the same thing, whether you're fighting somebody that's great or somebody that's not, the difference is what you do with it. So that's something that we could talk about later, but the idea being is, you know, the some people are born innately with this, these abilities. The rest of the world, that's where mindset training comes in, where you can yep. actually teach somebody to cope. You, you want to be like Robbie Lawler? Well, sorry, you weren't born. You weren't born Robbie <laughs> yeah. Lawler, but I could teach you yep. the skills yep. that maybe he might have been born with mm-hmm. that you weren't. And you don't have to wait 20 years of being in the game. You can to, to develop those skills. Technical yep. skills are going to take the time. You need the mat work. You need the fights. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's 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 funny to hear that. And on the same route with that is. Why do we work with high, high level athletes? It's not that these guys, it's not that these fighters or these wrestlers that are winning national championships necessarily have damage control. Everybody's got things they can get better. Yep. But why not flex the strongest muscle that you have? Yes. If you're a wrestler, work more wrestling. Oh, for sure. If you're a striker, work more striking Mm -hmm. because you want to make your strengths freaky. So it's something that we, in 2018, a goal for us is to remind people there doesn't have to be something wrong with you to work on your mindset. GSP is notorious for working, for for utilizing mental training in his camps. Pretty good fighter. Yeah. Uh, And it's not about damage control. It's also about, like I said, flexing that muscle that's already strong. I'll give a, I'll, I'll throw in a question for the fans. You know, you've defeated so many great competitors. I was, I was getting ready for this interview, and I watched a lot of your fights, and but I went through and saw the list of the guys that you beat, and I was like, damn, you beat a lot of great guys. What was your favorite win, but what was also your hardest loss, uh, and why? Hmm. Probably most satisfying win because it's probably not what most people are, would think. I always feel like I, when I lose, I win, <laughs> which is weird. Like when I lost to Hendricks the first time, freaking, I handled myself, did the best I could, mm-hmm. and I came back stronger because of it. So it's like when you lose, you only lose if you don't learn anything exactly. and you don't get better. So like exactly. I always look at my losses and I'm like, oh, those are the ones I keep track of. Like, I'm like oh yeah. I'm if we won all the time, we wouldn't learn much. Yeah, you wouldn't. I, uh, I, you know, like I said, I run a wrestling club in Houston, and I, I have a kid that's ranked ninth in the country, full ride to NC State, number fourteen, the number number four team in the NCAA, and I took him to tournaments to take L's because yeah. he's not going to get touched in the state. And mm-hmm. I, the goal was. I, of course I want you to win, but I want you to either get challenged or lose because the only way that we evolve. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. I literally said it at wrestling practice the other day. I said, we're not going to local tournaments. I said, we're traveling out into other areas so that you guys can take L. So I, well, what, what do you mean? We don't want to lose. I said, I don't want you to lose. You don't take a, you don't take a loss. You take a lesson. Yep. Otherwise, you just justify what you're already doing yep. and why would you need to do anything and different? You can't evolve and you just... So what's the fight that made you evolve more than any other? Every fight. Every fight. I'm I mean, like, man. I mean, I'm I mean, that's like, a valid okay, answer. I did that. I did this. I mean, because every fight, win or lose, you're tweaking things. Right. You're like, all right, how did I feel? So yeah, every time I'm like. So most heartbreaking loss, and how did you bounce back from that? The loss that hurt the most, and how did you collect yourself, come back stronger from it? Uh, Maybe it wasn't in fighting. 
Yeah, I feel like I mean the first Hendricks fight was uh, was a was a rough one. Obviously the Woodley fight, but it's more or less all what you put into it mm -hmm. is, is what hurts the most. Absolutely. And you just felt like yeah. So you put all this into it. I, I, wrestlers more than anyone understands as close to what fighters feel mm -hmm. when they put into it. The difference is this is how you pay your mortgage. Yep. This is and it's not just wrestling practice and strength and conditioning. You know. Having made the transition myself from wrestling to coaching wrestling mm -hmm. to now gra grappling and coaching grappling, it's just, it's different. You put in a different level of yourself yep. as a fighter than you do in a wrestler. The, it, wrestling being probably the only comparison that one could make. But, you know, how do you train, put everything that you have and believe and believe and then lose and bounce back? and be successful the next time. What, how do you bounce back from a loss? You just kind of look at, all right, I wasn't at my best, and you you look at it as, you nitpick. You nitpick everything. You're like, all right, how was my training camp? How was my food? Where can I get better? What should I take out? What should I add? And that's the kind of thing you do every every fight, especially after losses. Absolutely. So we have a... Uh, we have a self-knowledge worksheet called a fight evaluation. And in this fight evaluation, you know, we help break down what fighters did well, what they didn't do well, what, and what that actually looks like. You know, ultimately people look at fights and they break down their fights and it's more so focused on technique. Um, it's not necessarily focused on the things outside of that that are also within their control, like their effort, their attitude, yeah. and their aggressiveness. So you could literally be in a wrestling tournament, for example, or even a grappling tournament, and you can do this match evaluation or fight evaluation, and you can make adjustments that are more than just like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I got double legged five times, so I need to work on my stance. I need yeah. to work on my defense. You know, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm showing Robbie this right now, what it looks like. Being able to fill this out after every fight, it's more than just, you know, for those of you listening, it's tangible measurements of effort, attitude, and then aggressiveness. In your stand-up, are you striking first? Um, do you have good ring control? Are you taking several shot striking attempts, yes or no? On top, are you controlling your opponent looking for submissions or are you just looking to hold them down on bottom? Are you attempting escapes or you're just trying not to get finished? You know, effort, did you never quit? You see fighters quit all the time in the cage. You see guys doing well, things don't go their way a couple times, they quit. Attitude, do you have great body language? Did you fight hard against the cage in the end of the rounds? That's where you can meet tactical, physical, with mindset that's not just lip service. Definitely. So what's the value of doing things like this with fighters instead of just watching film? Um, it's huge, and it's kind of funny, like, that... Sh all that should be what you like when I went on my title run that's like what we worked on everything you put on was like hey be strong in this position what are you doing in right. this position are you looking to get up are you looking to performance yes. factors yep. we talk about performance over outcome all the time but what does that actually look like we conceptually understand mm -hmm. but when the lights are on you and there's millions of people watching whether or not that affects you mentally in the moment it's hard to necessarily know what to focus on unless you know what to focus on yes so being able to outline that saying that you know it's not that I'm necessarily you know looking to do X Y and Z I just I need to pressure forward I yep. need to improve my position I need to break my guy versus mm -hmm. worrying about wins and losses um, so you know that's something that I think uh, 
I think is, is going to be valuable and transformative. You know, one of the things I'm going to ask you in a minute here is talking about how special things are here at Hard Knocks, but I think there's so many things that already separate this gym. Yep. Um, I think having a systematic way for fighters to focus on the right things is going to make guys that are already really freaking good in a place where they, they jump massive levels. You know, maybe guys that aspire to be like you, but they're not born like you, can jump levels. The good become great, the great become elite in an, in an expedited fashion. Yep. Instead of having to have, how many years you got in the sport now? 18. <laughs> 18. Fighting full time. Fighting full time, exactly. Um, so, something I wanted to talk you know, on, on terms of your character. Um, I walked into Hard Knocks the other day, and I saw you on the sidelines watching, not as a spectator, but with an intent to help your teammates, um, which you got up multiple times. Uh, you could tell that you're a leader. You can, I could tell as a coach myself, and being, in, being around this sport for 25 years, um, I can tell, and your coaches have said the same thing, uh, enough that I guess you were selected as part of the leadership council here at Hard Knocks. So what is this leadership council? What is it? And why do you think you've been selected as someone that's going to be a leader on this team? I mean, everybody can see it. You have a presence. You have a, a leadership presence about you. People look to you not just because you're a great fighter. What is it about you that you feel like um, makes you a good leader? Um, I don't know. This, whatever. I'm, I'm kind of downplay everything. But, yeah, I just... I've been in the sport for so long, been around, been under a whole bunch of different really good coaches and, and learned a lot. And for me to take all this knowledge and keep it for myself would be like ridiculous. It's like you want to make it easier for these fighters, give little pieces. It's all about giving back and, uh, and caring about the guys. So like guys are in here and you're like man you really want them to succeed so why wouldn't I try to help them out give them a little tidbit here and there I think you know they say as athletes we want to we'll, we'll bust our ass for people that bust their ass for us right and I think something that's unique here it's not just a bunch of high level coaches busting their ass you bust your ass for each other and that's kind of what I saw when I saw you as a teammate and as a leader walking around you know we're all everyone here is all we're all invested in yeah. each other it's not just a bunch of individuals uh, looking to be successful for themselves everybody wants individual success but yep. you know we, we everyone here also takes care of each other now w with the leadership council um, that's something that yeah. was hold on one second somebody did this for me so I'm gonna do it for the like Matt Hughes did it for me, Jens Pulver did it for me. Like a lot of guys helped me out. So mm -hmm. if I do it for them, how many lives will those guys touch? I and think then how many lives absolutely. will those guys touch absolutely. that those guys touch? It's I feel like combat sports, it, it, it's built in us to want to give back. It's a sport yeah. that takes so much out of us. And we, if we're successful, it's because so many people put something into you. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen that picture? You got kids? Yeah, I'm sorry. You ever seen that picture? where it's a picture of like a dad and his son and it's all um it, it shows a picture of dad with a lot of holes and yep. it's filled with it, the son is filled with all the holes that the dad has i feel like that's what coaches and good teammates um do to us they've 
they've they've ta- they've given us so many pieces of themselves. So what that means is now when we have the opportunity to give back, it's almost like you feel obligated. Yeah. Not in a negative way. You feel obligated to give back. I know for me, I was in the FBI for seven years, and I started I, I ran, started running my own wrestling club, and I found like in my heart obligated to find a way to have a career in wrestling. Yep. Despite the fact that I got my dream career, everything that I ever wanted. Yes. To be in the FBI. Um, so the leadership council that was developed here, what do you think is going to be the value of that to have essentially peer leaders help um, develop and mitigate things within the team instead of most places where it's from the top down, it's going to be from the bottom up? Yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, uh, guys who are doing the exact same thing as they are who are a little bit more knowledgeable, do a better job. And basically basically what we're doing is helping to show these guys the way so that we don't have to anymore. Right. So that they can, if they go off to another gym, they can set up and implement these same type of- Create the culture. Yeah, Create the culture from the inside doing. out. If you, if you follow anybody that's listening, you know, following to, if you follow wrestling, well, you understand that Penn State and Ohio State have created cultures that separate themselves from the rest of the entire NCAA yep. tournament. What are the what are the parts of that culture? If you talk to the coaches and the, and the and the wrestlers, they'll say uh, two things. They'll say God is the center of their teams mm-hmm. from the top down and the bottom up. From yep. the coaches, not just coaches preaching something, but they don't believe it. From the coaches to the athletes to their families and, and vice versa. They'll also say it's a strong attitude of gratitude, which is something that I'll ask you about here in a minute. What do you feel like is the importance of faith, and if not faith, spirituality in one way or another in combat sports, in fighting, in wrestling, having something greater than just fighting be the basis of your life? Yeah, because, I mean, obviously uh, we're fighting and we're, we're competing, but a lot of times when you watch somebody fight, you don't just see moves you don't if if you're watching you're like man this guy has something he has spirit and I think a lot of people in any sports you can see this guys who are willing to fight when the chips are down you know you Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. just exudes you're like man Mm -hmm. this is there's something more to fighting and Mm -hmm. competing than just technique and right so it's spirituality and 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 uh, believing in God is is a huge huge aspect of, of life but a huge aspect of, of sports how has that impacted you it's kind of funny because I don't ever like I'm spiritual I don't preach this or that and I just I think there's spirituality and yep. religious yep so what's what's the difference you know I, I you, you strike me as a spiritual guy um, so, someone that has deeper in him than just what's on the surface what, yep. what is what, what does that mean to you and, and how has it impacted your competitive career <sighs> never actually thought about it that's a really good question I just feel like I try to do the right things compete at a high level but always have respect for my opponent the sport and uh what i'm representing it's not just going out there to make a whole bunch of money and and disrespect 
my peers so that I can raise my level. It's about raising my bar and hopefully everyone else around me is going to raise their You're focused on bar. raising your own bar. You yes. don't care about all the other yeah, people. Everything you, else, you don't yeah, have to put other people yeah. down to do it. Yeah, everyone else will, mm-hmm. will see this and be like, man, that's the way I want to well, do it. There's a big difference between the way people look at you and I won't name names, but probably the way that they look at some other people in the UFC yep. as to... You know, you may be great fighters, but you know who you are as a human, who you are as a person. In number the end one, is very important, and very important because when you leave the sport, who are you? Yeah. Some guy that used to fight that was that that was a lot of negative things, but yeah, I mean, he he did good in the cage. Or people are not going to remember everyone by the titles that they won. They're gonna they're gonna remember how they won those titles. Yep. And I think that's something unique about you. Um, you know, not just from getting to know you and hearing multiple people talk about you, but also just just the way you, the way you carry yourself. That's that's the way. If people were to say, look at what a look at what a champion looks like in a very violent sport, yep. where there could be a lot of negativity and emotions and BS. You know, I think they would point to guys like and, you. and be humble. Be humble. I mean, everyone's got their own battles. Every fears. I, I feel it's like cue the Kendrick Lamar song now. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's got their own battles. Keep going. I mean, it's just like uh, you look around. I am can fight really well and, and compete at a high level, but that doesn't make me better than so-and-so. Yeah. I'm just another human being like everyone mm-hmm. else. It's like I just happen to excel at something. I like um, I like J.J. Watt's quote, success is leased and rent is due every day. Yep. No matter who you are, you can get beat by anyone on any given day and you got to work just like everybody yeah. else. And the guys that are at the top and staying at the top, it's because they're working like they're not. Yes. So um, your nickname is Ruthless. What, is that, what does that mean to you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just kind of a nickname that kind of stuck. But like when I go in there, I just, I think it's a catchy nickname, but like when I go in there, it's to go in there and finish a guy and walk out like ruthless style, I guess. So, I mean, finish guys, beat them down, and be ruthless. Yeah. The um, in the articles that I wrote for Flow Combat and in the fighters that I coach is, you know, I say you can simplify what you tell yourself in fights in essentially two 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 words: do harm. And improve whatever improve means improve your position improve your pressure but do harm and improve if not both doing at least one at any given time and I think you can be ruthless and relentless and do those things those two words incorporate all of those things doing harm is ruthless improving your position is a relentless act Um, what what would you say would be two words or a word or two that can simplify things into I walk into a fight and I'm not having conversations with myself I'm saying this this I'm saying enjoy yourself and and be in the moment in the moment have fun yeah, I in mean, the enjoy moment, yourself and have fun. Well, you look, I mean, you, you, your, your face could be hanging off and you still look like you're having fun. Yeah, and I'm enjoying myself yeah. and I'm like... In, in the moment. And I'm being fierce. <laughs> yeah. I'm fierce. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. it's natural. And it's natural for you. And the idea here is, you know, again, for those of you listening, is that it's natural for him. Maybe it's not natural for you. You want to get there. Well, you can't get his genetics, but you can learn tactics to get yourself in, to be in that position. Um, so... Greg Jones, right? He's, he's, he's a guy that's going to be heavily involved and has been involved with me in developing the martial arts mindset program. 
and he's obviously someone special to you. He's he's a, one of the coaches here, one of the great coaches. Greg with wrestling, um, three-time NCAA champion, most outstanding wrestler. Henry Hoof, one of the most legendary kickboxing coaches. Um, coaches more UFC fighters than most people can name. You know, you have Kami Barzini, you've got a great jiu-jitsu coach. Um, but it's, it's the culture, it's the DNA of the program is what Greg likes to say a lot that's gonna make this place special. Um, why did you choose here? You've been at other places, right? There are other options or places for you to go. Why did, what's the, the DNA of what this program's gonna be that's gonna make it special? Why this program, why these coaches? Um, at Hard Knocks. Obviously the coaches, they're good people. Um, you want good people around you guys who are, uh, are gonna do the right thing, act the right way, and um, then you see the fighters and you're like, man, these fighters have a lot of talent, a lot of skills, and how can they make me better and how can I make them better? And I think that's one of the things you need is fighters to realize I want to get better but I want these guys to get better and then we just kept building if they get better I get better I get better they get better exactly versus a bunch of individuals yep oh I'm I'm doing it for me I'm coming in and uh, when I'm done with my camp I'm going to stay out until I need to come back and it's a freaking team thing everyone needs to get better well it's like you you were here yesterday you're not training you're hurt you know you're, you're, you're recovering you're recovering from an injury and you're here giving back there's other things that you can be doing um so what separates this gym from all the other top level gyms i mean even just in a 30 mile radius there's quote unquote top level gyms what separates this gym from locally nationally internationally outside of great fighters and the great coaches what what is it about this place that separates it from everybody else um, I don't really focus too much on those other guys and then what everyone else is doing. I feel like we have the right pieces in place, uh, coaches that are learning from each other, tweaking each other, and, and uh, complimenting each other. I and, like that you said that because Greg talked about that last night when we were sitting down and you know I said, why Henry? Why Henry? You know, you're one of the top ten NCAA wrestlers of all time. Why Henry? He said, you know, among many things, he said, we complement each other. He said, I watch him teach, and I get it. I watch other people teach, I don't, even if they're high-level striking mm-hmm. coaches. We, our styles complement each other, our personalities complement each other. We mold well. We're not individual coaches building individual programs. Yep. We build upon each other, and by building upon each other, the whole team grows. Yep. So it's funny. It's not like everybody sat down, had a conversation, and be like, hey, this is what this team's about, and this is what we're doing, and yeah. everybody speaks the same lingo. That's what you hear at a place like Penn State and Ohio State. You don't, you don't mold people into a culture. You bring, it either attracts itself or you bring a culture that already exists in those people. Yeah. You don't have much to change. You know, why is there certain programs that haven't won an NCAA title in eight years? There's only two programs that have won an NCAA title in the last eight years. Yep. One of them won seven of them. And it's because they're not trying to put good wrestlers into a culture. They have an already established culture with great wrestlers and fighting being not yep. much different. Um, so interesting. And I got two, 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 two or three final questions for you. Um, what would you say is the importance of mindset in being a successful high-level athlete 
but especially in being a successful fighter in a sport like fighting where it's you know anybody can make a percentage but it's very much mental whether it's 80 90 75 how important is mindset in being a successful fighter um, and what does a fighter need between his ears to be successful at the highest level yeah I mean it's where everything starts if you don't believe in yourself believe in the technique you're doing it and your coaches and the people around you and and where you're going and and continue to repeat those things day in and day out and so that they just became second nature where you don't have to think about them where your mind goes your body goes it doesn't have a choice and uh i just believe like when you believe and you're focused and you're doing all the right things the world and the universe will take care of you absolutely do you believe that and we talked about this before that no matter how tough you are no matter where you're at in your career are there is there always room to get better yeah i mean obviously uh and that's in life yeah. I mean, obviously, for you to be a, a good fighter, you can do it and not have a great life. But if you have everything, everything's running smoothly and, and you're believing in the right things, doing all the right things, saying all the right things and have all the, I mean, the world's going to push you to where you need to go. Mm -hmm. You don't have any excuses. Excuses are for people who I feel like didn't do the right things mm -hmm. and, and you just always need to focus on what you need to do how you're gonna get there and you 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 yeah, you it's you it's excuses you, for all you, the everything else anytime i've ever won or every time i've won it's always because of the people around me mm -hmm. every time i've lost is because of me mm -hmm. that's just the way it is mm -hmm. i mean if I lose, it's not because my coach didn't do this or this person didn't give me extra water or my weight cut sucked. It's because I messed up somewhere. And I think people need to take accountability for where they're at in life. And, and I think that's where it starts. When you say focus, when we say focus on the things that you can control, what do you feel like are the things that people can control? Um, in and out of the cage, you know, like we talk about effort and attitude, yep. you know, in the cage, effort, attitude, and aggressiveness out of the cage, effort and attitude. You know, what are the, what are the things that you feel like simply put are the things that maybe you focus on that you can control? Um, obviously just like my mindset, um, being positive, like, uh, you can be driving to the gym and there's a shitty driver in front of you and you're like, ah, oh, man, there's shitty drivers. How about you focus on all the great stuff, the sun's out, beautiful weather. You know, it's the more you focus on good stuff and positivity, the more positive stuff you're going to bring into your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we people think it's cliche, glass half full, glass half empty. Every single situation can be viewed in a positive way or a negative way, even the absolute worst situations. So that brings me you know, to your ACL surgery. We have a, we have a system of worksheets that deal with injury recovery. Um, week two of that, why is this the best thing that could have happened to you? Whatever happened to you is the best thing that could have happened at that given time. If you look at it any other way, you're just bringing negativity into your life. Yep. So how can you view you know, going through what 
end some athletes' careers. Yep. How do you view that as a positive experience, as the best thing that could have happened to you? You know, like what are some what what's what's the ways that you've seen your injury as having a positive effect in your life? Well, right away when it happened, I told my buddy Hoagie, who's been with me since I was in seventh grade. I go, hey, I'm gonna turn this freaking injury into gold, and and right away I've put the mindset of I'm gonna create greatness out of this. Somehow this is a blessing. So and then obviously I'm I'm relearning my body, building it back mm-hmm. up. So when I do this to the my leg, I can implement that into my life. I can implement it into my other leg, into different parts of my body. Know that you can rebuild and and be better than you were before and I've just always had this weird mindset of I'm gonna be positive about this this is a blessing why is it a blessing I don't know but it is and and maybe it was taking time away from the sport spending more time with my family Mm -hmm. getting to see spending more time with these fighters as an outsider looking in working on something other than myself yeah so when you're fighting, a lot of times you're focusing on yourself. You're being selfish because that's, I mean, guys are flocking to you. Like coaches are, you need to do this. We're doing this. But now I get to focus on everyone around me instead of just myself. And obviously in this sport, combat sports, wrestling, it's a very selfish thing. But you need to make sure you're looking around and taking care of everyone around you because there's a lot of blessings out there. It's funny that you say that. When I tore my ACL in college, I was excited and my mom was like, what's the hell, like, what the hell's the matter with you? Why are you excited? I'm like, I've never had a major injury. Like, I'm going to get tougher in a situation, I'm going to get tougher from this in a way that unless you tore your ACL or unless you had a major, major injury, you're never going to be able to have to do that. Like, I enjoyed being uncomfortable and learning how to get out of that. I felt like, you know, whether it was holding my head underwater for an extended period of time, taking a really cold shower, taking an ice bath and not getting out of that ice bath. It made me feel comfortable. Um, But, you know, talking about how that's, that's a blessing and having that sort of mindset. I mean, injuries end people's career, not physically most of the time. It's, it's a mental thing. They never compete the same. You know, they're worried about getting re-injured. They don't get better during that time. Like maybe, maybe you focus on a rehab. That's great. But you come back and you're like, I had so much time away from, from training. Well, there's a lot of things that you could have done during that time, but you felt bad for yourself. And yeah, I mean, you got in a rut and you just, and it never stopped. And it never stopped. So you spent nine months in rehab where you could have had an action plan on how you're going to get better technique, uh, uh, strength, flexibility, all of these other areas. But you're like, well, I mean, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm, I'm rehabbing my knee, but there's so much more that people can make out of injuries that they don't because they just get caught up in all the negativity. Yep. So being focused, able to view that. They're focused more on this leg than yes. they are on their whole body, their mind, and everything around Exactly. Them. You know what my ACL injury taught me that I never had in my life was how to focus on small victories. Yep. A good day, I had, three deg- I had an extra degree of flexion. Hey, we're looking for five degrees today, and I got seven. Yep. That was a good day, and I had to redefine success yep. and redefine failure. Failure was not showing up. Failure wasn't I didn't get my the, the degrees in my knee, yep. you know. And then a, and a victory, like I said, was coming home with these small things, not like oh, I, you know, I, I came back three months early. Which is going back to wrestling, like when I wrestled at Iowa, it was like <sighs> victory was oh shit, I'm. 
15 minutes through the the drilling and I'm not tired yet. <laughs> yeah. And then a yeah. week later, I'm like, look up at the clock. I'm like, oh shit, 30 minutes in, and I'm exactly starting to get tired. Then all of a sudden, you look exactly. up and you're like, almost done with practice. You're like, man, I oh, feel good. I feel great. And and you get better at that every day. I think guys like you and I, we it's in us to to, yep. to think like that. Why? Because we have no choice. Why am I going to waste my time? Like you know, c- complaining about yep. X, Y, and Z. You know, I'm going to focus on on those things that I can control, get better at them, and like anything else is yep. wasted energy. And, and build on like those those positive things. I've been in the wrestling room and like up at Iowa and freaking got mopped up, but I kept pushing and I'm like, man, my body's getting strong. Oh, mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. one time I sprawled mm-hmm. out and spun behind, it was sweet. I mean, I've probably got my ass kicked for 45 minutes, but right. like, whatever I'm working hard and I'm focusing on the positive exactly you know a lot of guys make the transition from high school to college from college to fighting yep. like hey it's great that you're a two-time all-american wrestler that doesn't mean that you're gonna walk inside a cage and all of a sudden yep. be equally as dominant you know hey maybe may, I feel like uh, especially in in jiu-jitsu as wrestlers transition to jiu-jitsu it's like great so we take a guy down we can hold inside control for four minutes but can you move from there yep. so small victories is like can you get to a dominant position and hold it can you get to a dominant position hold it look for submissions yep. can you get those submissions can you get to another dominant position mm-hmm. when people in any sort of sport can focus on small victories the big ones are much easier to rotate yep. the process yep. but and that's what's great about mindset training is okay so guys like you and I can do that but everybody can't yes two three worksheets that pop into my head is you know these worksheets that teach us how to focus on the process and evaluate performance over outcome and also how to redefine what is my new definition of success what is my new definition of failure how do I redefine mistakes yep. people see mistakes as something that brings them down versus obstacles and uh, versus challenges for them to level up just like you said there's always two ways to look at things um, so as we wrap up you know like we said a lot of top athletes and coaches particularly you know guys like Kale Sanderson um, and Penn State talk about the importance of gratitude, how it's their mental edge on his team. Um, you know, in martial arts mindset, in wrestling mindset, the first principle, like we said, is being thankful for the opportunity to compete in our sport. Um, what are three things that you're most thankful for um, that keep you grounded? Well, I'm thankful for, like, all the experiences, been being with, like, all these great training partners, guys who've helped me where I am today like obviously I couldn't have done this all by myself like, mm-hmm. that would just be ridiculous to act like or even think that uh, to have my family uh, my wife and my son uh, down here in Florida in the sunny weather and just like having positive people around me mm-hmm. like I have a, a great group of friends and, and family around here and uh, just awesome journey absolutely so Gratitude is the mental edge that we talk about in at Penn State and Ohio State. I mean, that's that's the words of the coaches. That's the words of their family members. The words of the athletes. What has been your mental edge in your competition for so long? I feel like maybe like I was fighting. When I was fighting, I felt like. I was fighting for more than myself. It was for everyone who's ever helped me, everyone who's watching and uh, getting inspiration and getting excitement into their life. That, like that's what was driving me for so long. You fought to make people proud. You weren't worrying about letting people down. You were you're fighting to make people proud. Yes. All the people that were around you. 
Yep. And and uh, hearing that crowd roar and inspiring kids and and bringing joy into people's lives. Absolutely. Um, so what's next for you? You're you're rehabbing your knee and. Then what's next? Uh, rehabbing and coaching. When my body starts feeling good, I'm going to start moving around and uh, making sure uh, I'm in tip-top shape. But uh, I bet my leg's feeling a lot better. Uh, focusing on other aspects right now. and We'll get to that uh, time when it comes. Cool. Well, I appreciate your time. I look forward to seeing whatever those next steps are for you. Um, you have been an inspiration to a lot of athletes and coaches and fighters and kids. And, you know, uh, people can really learn from the examples of what you are, not just in the cage, but out of the cage as well. So I hope, you know, everybody that's listening, you really pay attention to a lot of the things that Robbie said and understand that these are things that can be applied starting today. And it takes practice. Um, you know, you're not born that way. And, you know, maybe there are a lot of things that Robbie learned over time that allowed him to think those ways. But all of you guys listening can start to change the way you think. If you want to change your outcomes, change the way you think. That'll change the way you feel. That'll change the way you act. And then your performance and your outcomes. If you try to change any, you think you're going to change anything without changing the way that you think, you'll never, you'll never get anywhere. And that's if you have trouble bridging that gap. That's where mindset training comes in. So signing off from Hard Knocks 365 in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Um, again, Robbie Lawler here, uh, Martial Arts Mindset, Mindset Mike. And, you know, I'm excited to uh, be a part of this great team here. Thanks, Robbie, for your time. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap for today's podcast. I'm Gene Zanetti from Wrestling Mindset. Make sure you check out our website, wrestlingmindset.com. Get our ebook. Make sure you get that ebook. Great information. Represents some of the best information that we have. Lessons that we've learned from some of the top wrestlers in the world. Lessons that we've learned from our own experience and the best that research can provide. Get the ebook, wrestlingmindset.com. Also, as an individual, make sure you personally sign up for the one-on-one free mindset consultation, the one-on-one free mindset consultation. Make sure you fill out the form and do that as soon as possible. The best results always come from one-on-one individual attention, whether it's strength training, whether it's technique, or whether it's mindset. One-on-one individual attention is always the best. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you join us again for our next podcast, Mindset Makes the Difference. Have a great day.